Good evening. I'm so excited. Welcome to Chat and Chew. This is now the fourth edition with Tyler. No other than the Sister Soul Club. I'm so thankful that you tune in, that you continue to tune in and support. I hope that these series are blessing you. I'm really being blessed by the conversations that I'm having with my family and friends. And I think that this is just a good platform to showcase how much talent, how much wisdom, how much, you know, just really beautiful spirits that there are um, just in your network. Your network is always your net worth. I always like to think of that. So I'm excited today to have one of my line sisters come on. She is the definition of a Renaissance woman. I mean, she does it all. She is well versed in literature and theatrics. Just she she just uses her right brain more than anybody I know. So I really kind of wanted to take a deeper dive into that creative brain, that mindset, just based on our generation, how we're so expressive. And I wanted to give her a platform to share her gifts um, with you all, and just kind of give us an insight on how she found her way in this avenue. So we'll just go ahead and. Call her in, but before we do that, here's some nice little tunes for you. As always, you know, we have to kick it off right in the spirit of community and neo soul. So sit back, grab your food, and we're gonna start this thing off right. <laughs> Hello, good evening, sister. Wait, so my face gonna be on it? No, your face is not on it. <laughs> I want to start off by thanking you for taking this opportunity to just join us tonight. I think people are gonna be so inspired and blessed by your story, and I just can't wait to learn even more about you than I already know. So, if you could start off and just tell us who you are, um, what you do, how you found yourself in your current career, and then, like, just begin transitioning into the art conversation that we're going to find ourselves in tonight. So, yeah, my name is Shrika Mitchell. Um, I'm currently an area coordinator for Florida Atlantic Universities. Um, so, yes, I am a higher educational professional. Um, and I will say I didn't start off my undergrad career thinking I would end up in higher ed. It just kind of happened. So throughout undergrad, I was extremely involved. Like people say, like, you know, I could have got my second bachelor's in involvement. That's how involved I was. But I was so determined not to drink the higher ed Kool-Aid. Like, I was like, no. You're like, no, I ain't doing that when I graduate. That was not in the cards. Yeah, you know, and so I thought government was my path. So I have my undergrad degree in public management. But that quickly turned on my second to last semester before I graduated. I had an internship with a city hall. I won't mention the city. <laughs> but um, I was in the city manager's office. Mm -hmm. And I worked directly under the assistant city manager. 
granted, that was a wonderful learning experience. I would say a lot of my organizational skills come from that experience. Um, But it it just wasn't right for my soul. Mm. Like, literally, I would walk in there. I was there 20 hours a week. And I'm like, you people have no souls. Wow. And there's no windows in this office. Yeah. Nine to five, just, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then what I realized, I'm like, is, is this where I want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I started to do just some soul searching. And a uh, mentor at the time was like, you know, you should give, give higher ed a chance. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking into it, and I, I, I fell in love with program board. So I started in student activities and involvement. And blossom, I would say blossom, housing. So that a point inside, I was like, I can't do another vendor contract. Yeah. So I have to look at another contract. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, with student activities, you got to play with the weather. And mm-hmm. so I just, I just really found my passion in housing, which is wild because I didn't have a housing background. Yeah. In undergrad or grad. And, you know, it's been three years in and I've enjoyed the experience from Pennsylvania until now. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What a amazing story, right? Like we all have these ideas of what we should be doing and we like pursue that. It's like, I was doing broadcast journalism. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But by the time I graduate, like your passions and your, your interests change. So that's a good segue because I wanted to ask you, like, how did you begin this journey of spoken words? So kind of give us an insight onto where you started, like young Sharika, how you found your first poem, your first journal. Like, what was that moment like for you? So I laugh every time I tell this story. Um, so the first time I heard spoken word, well, actually the second time, the first time I heard I was in eighth grade, I wasn't really paying attention. But the reason I say it's the first time now in ninth grade is the first time I truly heard it and mm-hmm. listened. Um, so the show called English Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. So my teacher offered extra credit if we would perform in it and get to this class. <laughs> So what I did, right, because so I, I wasn't writing at that point, I mem- I get to, you know, recite a poem that's mm-hmm. memorized. So I did a poem by Naya Angelou, mm. phenomenal woman. Of course. And I, and I memorized it <laughs> top to bottom like that because I was like, I don't have to be in class. Yeah. So English extravaganza. So I'm going to give my best performance. <laughs> and so there's a young lady by the name of Kimberly Scott. Mm-hmm. So I've always looked up to Kim from middle school because, you know, I grew up in Modern Hill, Deepside. If anybody's from South Florida, they know Deepside. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, right, and she just always carried herself just like with the utmost, like when we talk about a queen, mm. like she's always carried herself like that, but she she's always someone I looked up to. Okay. So here we go at this rehearsal for English extravaganza Kimberly gets on stage at this point she's a junior because she was two years ahead of me and she spits this home right off the dome she starts off saying like this is an original piece Um, and the first line was you know violence will end the day hip hop and country shake hands up to this day I don't remember the rest of the 
Yeah. She had presence. Yeah. Yeah. That was during the recession, so they was really feeling it. <laughs> yeah. you were performing at events here and there but do you feel like you weren't challenged as much as you were in high school okay definitely makes sense so we were just talking about how Sharika the only regret that she has as far as poetry is just not competing in her undergrad time which was essentially her prime but if I'm honest with you I think that this is your prime in life y'all and y'all y'all don't know Sharika like how I know her but y'all are getting to know her and I feel like there's so much life going on around you that it's time for you to tap in here to pour out your greatest work it hasn't even been done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to end on a note like that, but I just had to, that just dropped in my, I just had to say that to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, at this point in life, right, so a challenge that I'm posing to myself is to read more. Mm. Um, and so I'm doing a show on IG on Thursday, and I 
And so I'm supposed to send a video, and I'm like, look at you, I'm like, two books that you're reading right now so um actually i just got white fragility mm. and it's uh, i got like three books so white fragility a well-read black girl and um tony morrison mm. I, think it's I saw that on your instagram today yeah okay I, I don't remember the title of it but that is the first one i'm going to read okay you know synthesize and make meaning now that you have this added context or lens that's beautiful i can't wait to hear what comes about from that so this well-versed black girl do you feel like it's important in your art like your specific realm to be well-versed in all of culture to be able to speak on poetry Okay, good. You know, I mean, I can read other pieces of literature, I can listen to spoken word, and, you know, have my formalized opinion about it, Mm -hmm. but I will never say, like, oh my gosh, that was completely trash, you know, because I'm still working on me as a writer. Yeah. I think it's good to be well-versed in other areas, Mm -hmm. but if if you're strong at one point, you know, I would Everybody has various experiences, cultures that contribute to their style of writing. Yeah. Yeah, and so what you'll see, right, people will say, I am an artist, I'm a poet, or I'm a social activist. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, and anything advertised about me, like mm-hmm. people say I'm an artist, um, but more, mainly you will hear, I'm a poet. Yeah. Uh, I like writing poems, <laughs> and, and, I, and I love how it makes me feel, and I, and I love that at some point I can touch somebody with my work. Mm-hmm. Right. I will never say I'm a social activist. Mm-hmm. Reason being, I'm not intentionally writing poems about activism. 
Yeah. Yeah. I write about it through the experiences that I've had that just so happen to fall under that umbrella, but I'll, I will never say, like, hey, I'm a social activist mm-hmm. because I'm a poet. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And if you happen to write a poem on social activism, that is a byproduct of maybe the literature you're reading or something that you've been inspired by. Or my experience, Yeah. Right? And so I will say, for example, I think I was in um, I was in Philly in 2017, right when I moved to Pennsylvania. And so at that point, there are some riots happening in Virginia because of the Confederate mm-hmm. statues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I told my mom, I, you know, because I lived in Penn, like closer to Pittsburgh. So that morning, my mom is in England, right? Mm-hmm. So she don't know nothing about America, really. It's just what she sees on TV. Yeah. And so that day, my mom called me, and she's like, because you know I'm in Pennsylvania, she's mm-hmm. like, are you buying the things? Are you buying the protest? And I'm like, what is this lady talking yeah. about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just want, I'm getting ready to go to a picnic, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, you be in your face. Yeah. Yeah. So, me and a, another summer at the time, we clicked, we turned on the news. Mm-hmm. And, right, and it's literally a Virginia riot going yeah. on wow. in that moment, right? And so, I fast forward, I'm at this picnic, mm. and then I'm just looking at everyone. Wow. Right? They're just having a good time. So, disengaged from the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, what's happening, like, a couple of things Yeah. Old, like one state. <laughs> we have white nationalists. Yeah. over a Confederate state. Wow. Like, yeah. Literally. And so, in that moment, I just started writing. Mm. Because I had this experience of my mom asking me, and I'm like, I don't, I, I, uh, you tell yeah. me some news. Yeah. You know, for me, like, going on the internet, reading articles about it, what's going on, and looking at the news, and then being in a different That's powerful. What was that poem called? Um, I don't think I have a name for it. Okay. It literally starts off, it was a normal day in Philly. Like, yeah. Literally. I mean, it really was. <laughs> it really, it really was. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. So, like, we talked a lot about, like, just art and what it means to you, but I know, like, Art is served as like a coping, a healing mechanism for you. So can you talk about like how you were able to grapple or embrace your identity through your art and your poems? So I was flashed back to high school and my first vulnerable poem. So here's the timeline. I started writing ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school in 2011, like June-ish 2011. So midway June, I graduated. Summer break is happening because I don't start undergrad until August. So I'm at a poetry practice, and I had a coach at the time, 
was really saying like, hey, Sharika, you write, but you don't really write. Mm. You know, young Sharika, <laughs> you Sharika. Like, what you talking about? I'm writing good. <laughs> you know, I had my pen for three years. Yeah. Well, now, really four. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, you know, I've done multiple com- competitions as a, a slammer, <laughs> a youth slammer. Yeah. So <laughs> Clearly, I'm an accomplished writer. <laughs> How are you going to tell me I don't write? Mm. You know, and I took that very personal. Mm-hmm. And so you was like, why don't you write about the experience with your mom? And I'm like, you don't know my mom, the first time. <laughs> you only know I was raised with her. Yeah. Right, you're getting too deep. Yeah. And so I just remember, like, going home. Um, I think my dad was in Jamaica at the time because typically my dad, you know, take his vacation. Yeah. And so I just remember, like, being on his bed. You know, Jamaicans don't believe in AC. So, you know, the windows open, the fan is on. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, crying. Wow. Right home about my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that thinking about any kind of literary device, I was writing from the sole point of like, wow, I've never like truly once spoken mm-hmm. about that experience. Mm-hmm. And I think I internalized everything at yeah. that point, but I haven't taken the time to like truly write it out or express it out. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time for me as a young writer that was a moment for you where you felt released like so you know how people go to therapy like that was your therapy was just sitting down and unpacking your thoughts mm-hmm. yeah but I would say you know sometimes it's a double edged sword mm. cause it, it impacts the people around you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I didn't think about that oh, <laughs> and so I think one my mother didn't hear that home in until she saw it online. Mm. And somebody like shared with her because it's on YouTube. Okay. You know, and so she had called me one day and, you know, this is probably like, that poem was written in 2011. It was on YouTube probably 2015. So it was like literally post-grad, mm-hmm. like me fresh off from grad school in Pennsylvania by myself. Mm. So she's not taking it yeah. The life I have going yeah. on around me in a new space away from everything. <laughs> Moved on past some of that, yeah. In western Pennsylvania. Yeah. And 
Pennsylvania, yeah. a black woman in Western Pennsylvania, you know, packing yeah. and unpacking, a lot of things happening, and she, you know, she brought it up. And it's almost like I felt bad for expressing that because how it affected her, mm. right? And so she felt like that defied what her motherhood was like without me really getting wow. the I understand that and it probably is it is an extension of your vulnerability but it also is very empowering for you to own your voice and your experiences and make your narrative your own everybody doesn't have the opportunity to do that so I'm just wondering like and I know I've been asking you a lot of questions this is one of my last questions uh, how has that like level of emotional intelligence or like just sense of awareness like how has that come about through your art so amazed about you right now I really am like in the creative space <laughs> thank you for creating this space for us to like just indulge in that because we don't we don't take time to do that especially during these COVID times like people are like just trying to fill the time but it's like this is a moment for us to unpack and just reflect on what matters most to us and I know how much it matters to you so thank you so much just for this day if you would be so gracious as to just share a few bars with the people. <laughs> a few bars. 
It could be your favorite. It could just be something that comes to mind. I don't want to tell you what to talk about, but just what you what you feel led to share in this last 30 seconds to a minute. Something that comes to What is your favorite poem? Oh, my God. Oh, God. No, I don't want you to. You always, I, every time I ask you to do bags, I'll have you do that. So I don't want you to do that one. I I want you to do the one that you taught the one about Philly and the your mom and the white supremacists. Do you have that one? Yeah. Okay. It was a normal day in Philly. Well, not so normal. More liquor than usual. More based than this park is used to. Folks stroll into some shit they can just rock to, but they're careless, still hopping. Still shimmying, still ducking bullets. I mean, just ducking. Maybe they didn't wake up and look outside of their bubble. I mean, our bubble, I've seen it too. A Confederate statue sitting on its hinges, uniting the right bigotry at its finest. America is on fire. Again, it's been on fire. So one fire that's never put out a pyromaniac for a president. He has yet to speak. He still tweets in a state of emergency. The first lady tweets before him. You said a snippet. <laughs> I, was, I was getting so grabbed up. <laughs> yeah, that was a snippet. Oh, man. Honestly, Sharika, please let the people know about you, your handles, everything, so they can follow you in your journey. So, it's literally Legs Almighty on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's L-E-G-S underscore Almighty. A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Um, I am working on this book. This book been in works for a while. So I'm hoping in the next few years it comes out along with some product. Mm-hmm. So, okay, manifest. Okay. <laughs> um, time to drop all I want. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I post. Uh, I post different poets to different upcoming shows. I'm all about sharing creative work of other people. Um, so yeah, Yay! I was just so in a trance when you were going. I'm like, dang, I just did tell her a snippet. But I appreciate you. This has been a beautiful moment. Thank you for sharing with us. And I'm just so excited for people to hear this. I'm excited too. Yes, chat and chew. Well, thank you, sis. I'm going to let you get back to your night. <laughs> All right, thank you for creating this platform. It's dope. I, lo- I love the creative flow of it. Thank you. Wow. That's an honor for me. <laughs> well, you always make it happen, okay? Girl, I'm going to make it work, okay? Well, I love you. I'll call you back later. Thank you again. Bye. So, what a wonderful human being. I'm so thankful for her sharing with us her gift, her light. Sharika, I love you and I will support you until there's no more breath of me, girl. So, thank you for chatting and chewing with us tonight. As always, you all can catch us next Sunday right here on your podcast channel. Subscribe, like, do what you got to do. I love you all. Sending you love and light from Sister Soul Glow. Good night.